Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Uh, hello, loves. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. And uh, welcome. Uh, it's Giving Tuesday, but uh, I don't plan on giving you the uh, cold that's going around western New York right now. Uh, probably another mystery virus from China. They'll probably put us all into lockdown again, but uh, that's just me being me. Anyway, uh it depends on where you are today as far as the uh, snowfall is concerned. And it's like that every time we have a lake effect snow event. And uh, joining us right now is a guy who actually knows of what he speaks. And he is everybody's favorite meteorologist because he is just so accessible and he's so accurate. And uh, joining us is uh, Andy Parker on WBEN. Andy, thanks very much. Uh, appreciate your uh, Appreciate your time as always. You got it, Tom. Hey, I feel for you with that cold. That is not a fun one. I know some folks that are are suffering from that right now. And boy, the changes in weather not helping anybody out. We've had a number of well, we went from what was warm and comfortable to uh, wet, and then now white across yeah. much of western New York. It, it's coming down pretty good in the southern tier, but the north towns getting some bursts of snow as well. Yeah, well, I mean, don't worry. I mean, cold is no big deal. I've had one or two before in my life. But let's talk about the uh, – Let's. I just don't want to, people to freak out if I start hacking on the air or anything. Uh, but let's – well, I mean, it sounds awful. It's just not very good. Uh, let's, let's talk about uh, exactly how much snow people got overnight and where they got it as I look out uh, – uh, earlier today, my window in the uh, Williamsville area, there was nothing, absolutely nothing. Yeah, the cutoff line was pretty stark. I said the lake effect ban came right up to the doorstep of downtown Buffalo and then turned around and went back down through Blaisdell. It sat on top of Hamburg, Orchard Park, Angola, Eden, Collins, Colden, the Boston Hills, and uh, East Aurora were blasted. I'd say that's where the uh, the heftiest amount ended up. And on this storm, it was funny. I had the folks in Hamburg. Uh, I love them. They know how to handle snow. And, uh, and they've all have a good sense of humor about it there. Um, and they said, hey, we, we, what, what happened? We were, we were on the edge. We weren't supposed to get it. And I'm like, I said, yes, you were exactly on the edge of what was going to be this, you know, the lake effect storm. And, uh, and then I, I jokingly said, I said, well, we had a plus or minus one community on the edge of the storm. Um, but I, what I like is that they look at these things and they see where they're positioned. They understand they're on the edge of the heavy snow 
but that doesn't mean that there's a wall and it's not going to ooze over top of you. When you're positioned on the edge of that bullseye, it means you got to have your head on a swivel because this thing is going to be very close. One community over isn't in the clear. That means you should be watching what's going on. Um, in the city, for that matter, we knew it wasn't going to make it to the city. It came close, but it didn't. And then it came back down. And uh, West Seneca, we had a, a stark contrast where folks were driving on the 90 or on Transit Road, and it was smooth sailing until they got through West Seneca. And when they got to the border and went into that, the roads were abysmal. It was a mess. And, and for yeah. a lot of folks, this was their first foray into the flakes. And, of course, winter driving skills have been on hold for about uh, six months, and they had to figure it all out again. And that ended up to a lot of long commutes yesterday. Well, we had people calling in uh, to uh, some of our guys saying it was like a uh, it, it was like being in an ice rink. Um, yes, and you don't want to know why because the ground is essentially warm, and what you're finding is when that snow hits the ground, it was creating a slushy kind of slippery slurry of icy mix, and when the tires would get on that, they they weren't stopping. It was it was definitely a, an icy mixture, no doubt about it. Uh, so as far as uh, the rest of the day today is concerned and heading into uh, tonight, uh, what are we looking at? All right, here's where we're watching the snow right now. It's in the Boston Hills and Machias, Freedom, all the way into Allegheny County. The winds are northwesterly, so they're not coming from Cleveland up to Buffalo. They're coming across, like kind of from um, Lake Huron. Uh, up in from the Canadian prairies all the way this way, that cold air. And it's collecting the moisture off of multiple lakes and dumping it as you get up in elevation. The lake shores aren't bad, uh, but once you start to get into those hills, I'm watching the uh, ski country, loves it. Ellicottville is right in the center of one of those bands right now. Collins, Concord, it's dry in the south towns, just a few bursts of snow in those hardest hit areas. Buffalo is about to see a couple of flakes, and I'm watching some bands coming off Ontario between Wilson, Somerset, Ridgeway, Medina, all the way to Leroy, and another burst of snow that probably just crossed your studios out there as well. Went through the Tonawandas. Didn't leave much behind. I call them bursts of snow where it looks bad for a minute or two and then it moves on. But there's more of that um, right up along uh, St. Catharines, Niagara on the Lake, Fort Niagara getting one of those. So bursts of snow for the North Towns, a steadier snow from the Boston Hills down into ski country for the remainder of today. Then all of that mess comes back up. Now, it's not intense, but it will bring a band of snow up through the South Towns into the city between 4 and 8 a.m. tomorrow. So the morning commute, a little sloppy, but not a uh, make-or-break thing where you're going to cancel school and have some problems. I would plan on a little slower-than-normal morning commute. Uh, how many inches are we looking at? As far as the uh, city one, and, one, uh, or two, one or two out of that tomorrow. One or two, Tom. It's uh, it's on the move. It's not going to hit and stick. It's just going to – it's a, a, a drive-by. You know, it kind of goes through, yeah. messes up everything, and then uh, and keeps going into the North Towns. Uh, the Tonawandas, Grand Island may get their uh, first shake out of the snow for that one tomorrow.
Yeah, that's okay. The city of Buffalo and its eight working plows are ready to handle everything that Mother Nature can dump. They put on a nice press conference every year talking about how ready the city is, but the guys at the Broadway Barns know that that place is in a state of total disrepair, and if OSHA ever stopped by for a visit, they'd close it down. Sorry, little personal opinion there, yeah. based on educated uh, information. Uh, but as far as the uh, as far as the overnight totals uh, that we experienced, Andy Parker, meteorologist extraordinaire, uh, go over the uh, you know who who got uh, how many inches and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, some of the big ones were I think fourteen to sixteen inches, and it was Eden, Angola, southern portions of Hamburg, and then uh, once you get into the uh, the hills of Orchard Park, not where it, not over by Five Corners, where you've got uh, you know Taffy's and, uh, and and Tim Hortons and Wegmans, but you've got to go uh, up closer to Chestnut Ridge in that area. That's where they had uh, the healthier totals, and it was a really heavy snow, slush filled. Uh, so many people said it was just hard to clear, and and that presented problems for folks with snowblowers, and then apparently uh, the town plows as well. Uh, so those were the communities that, that caught the most snow out of this one. My goodness. Uh, meteorologist Andy Parker is with us on uh, News Radio 930 WBEN. How about ski country for those of us who might like to uh, get back on the hills? Yeah, they would love to open Thanksgiving weekend. That is their goal every year if they can pull it off. They weren't able to make snow until a few days before Thanksgiving. They're getting hit right now. As I'm watching it, I can see one of those snow bands right over top of Great Valley. Ellicottville is getting some snow, and it's going to be cold enough that they're able to turn on their own snow guns, so they're getting a twofer. Mother Nature's giving them some, and they're making their own snow. I know they did not have much of a base. I was looking at uh, their cameras on the top of the hills, and while they do have some snow on the ground, it is not skiable yet. But hopefully with another few more days of cold air, they'll be able to uh, put down a pretty decent base. Well, it's skiable, but you just used to be falling down an awful lot going down the hill on grass. Yeah, grass. I mean, if you're so inclined to. Yeah, it's not not skiable yet. If you're so inclined to do such a thing, I mean, you could could try, but you just wouldn't get very far being the uh, operative uh, point of the the conversation. So as far as... uh, the time. I mean, we're looking at the 28th of November right now. Yesterday, obviously, was the 27th. Uh, is, is that pretty much uh, normal? Uh, and I've got this. I've got this book that was written about the McKinley assassination, and it was owned by my great grandmother. And every year, she used to make a note of when the snow hit, how much snow we got, et cetera, et cetera. I should have brought it with me to the show, but I did not. Uh, this late in November is—is is it later than usual? Is it normal than usual that uh, the Western New York area gets its first measurable uh, snowfall? Yeah, this was a little later than average, but that's why they call them averages, because some years are a little bit before, some are after. So this is one of those years that kind of pushes the average a little bit. We've had them as early as October, as you know, but this one is a little bit later than normal. But it was a very normal event. It wasn't anything that was a record-setting event. This was a typical early season lake effect storm where you have a upper 40s lake and some very cold air coming across with the right weather system in play and it turns on the lake effect machine 
Uh, very, very interesting. Meteorologist Andy Parker is with us on uh, News Radio 930 WBEN on this uh, Tuesday, the 28th of November, uh, Anno Domini 2023, talking about the uh, weather situation. You know, one of the things that has come up uh, and obviously has come to my attention is the fact that uh, every year the various towns and municipalities uh, say, We're ready for winter. Look at our plows. This is all great. And then when the snow hits, People send me emails and stuff saying, I don't know what they're talking about with all these plows because we haven't seen one, not one. As a meteorologist and as a person, can, can we get, uh, get your thoughts on that, please? I will tell you this, that uh, I think there's probably a better way. Um, having been in the Broadway barns, having seen – how, uh, how the old street maps of how it was done. Um, the technology is coming out to put on the plows. You know where they are. The red ones have been hit. The other ones haven't. So the tech is there. But I think bringing some of these um, older patterns into the new age, honestly, when we get hit with these storms, we've been getting hit with them since the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. But I feel like sometimes we attack it the same way we did in 1990 that we do today with the same result. And uh, sometimes when you do something the same way for all the, you know, every time you get the same result, it's, you shouldn't expect anything different. So, you know, you you, you trot out the plows and you show me the new equipment, but you know what? Show me that you can get it done. That's where it is. The proof is in the pudding. Get hit by something and not have it be a cluster where everybody is, you know, it, uh, why, why are all these unplowed roads during the event? And, you know, you've got cars on them. And sure, you can go the other route and say, well, why are these people driving on these roads during the storm? Well, they're coming home from work. It was dry pavement where they are, and they're trying to get home. And that last mile took them an hour. And there's just, when you look at it, you say, well, how are, how are the resources distributed? Is there a better way? I, maybe there is. I, I would love to with someone who's in charge of the plan and not to criticize but just to understand and say well what do you why is it this way how come there's always a choke point on these roads why is it that we end up with these same problems time after time let's look at this let's look back at this storm and learn something and not just say hey we're gonna we need another front loader and we're gonna do it this way and this just look at these storms this wasn't a a backbreaker. It was it was a solid lake effect storm that was well forecast. That was uh, within the range of snow that was expected out of the storm in a time frame that that everybody knew was coming in a location that was plus or minus one community. And, well, this, and say, well, why were these the same issues over and over? Yeah, well, this doesn't apply to uh, what we experienced overnight. But uh, the guys uh, at the Broadway barn tell me, hey, you know, all those plows they show you on TV, most of them aren't even working. They're only there for show. And then they'll point out the holes in the roof of the Broadway barns, rats the size of cats. Andy, I'm telling you, if OSHA ever inspected the Broadway barns, they'd be closed down right now. Yeah, that's I, what I've I, been in that, there. That's yeah, that's what I, I get the, from the people who work there. Yeah, I, well, I, I can't speak to that. I, I know it's a very dark, dark, dank place standing on that pile of salt every year for a number of years, uh, you know, to show the big, hey, we're ready. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's a nice PR move in the beginning of the year. 
But, um, you know, really when it comes down to it, it's, uh, you know, show me you can handle a storm better and differently than every other storm that's come through. And when you can do that, then I'm going to say, hey, you, you guys, you've got it figured out. Until that time, it's kind of, you know, business as usual sometimes. I'd, I'd love to actually, I really would sit with someone who's in charge of that and figure out what, what can be done. What information do they need? Is it a staffing thing? Is it that they're stuck in certain schedules and they can only run guys for so many hours? And, you know, from a forecasting standpoint, what would help them change that? Is it a union thing where we can't have guys do this and change their schedules on a short notice? But if we knew more than 24 hours in advance, this we could make an adjustment. How do we attack this if we know it's going to be a 12-hour event as opposed to a six-hour event? Uh, all of those things, and then come up with a, a, a – to get those people the information that they need in a time frame that works for them so that they could actually make adjustments and then stay one step ahead of the storm rather than seemingly playing catch-up sometimes. Well, you know, this uh, obviously begs the question, Andy, have you ever been called upon by the city of Buffalo and the emergency people to consult as a meteorologist? Because, by golly, you actually know of what you speak. I worked very closely with Steve Stepniak, who is um, uh, the Department of uh, Works Commissioner in Buffalo. Um, when he was in charge of the department, we had a red phone to each other, kind of like you and I have. And when the situations come up, we would talk, and he's like, I need to know. Am I running my plows? Do I need to get the salters out in front of this? I kind of got into this this realm of what they need and, and how they can do it better. And Steve was one of those guys always searching for a way to attack a storm and prevent the problems of the past. He'd be a fantastic interview if you can track him down. His uh, his city, he's no longer on the payroll, so his uh, phone number and my his city phone does not work anymore. But oh. I think he'd be a great interview and a guy who could probably speak to the process of which you are concerned about and give you some insight into how it all comes together and what they can do differently. Well, uh, Mr. Stepniak, if you'd like to call Andy, Andy will forward your cell phone number on to me and we'll chat now that you don't have to worry about securing a pension and you're already uh, uh, retired, I presume. Uh, I would love to talk to you because I'll tell you, not a winter goes by, I don't get pictures of the Broadway barn and the absolutely atrocious conditions in which the uh, men and I presume women of the uh, Buffalo snow removal crews uh, have to work it's uh, i wouldn't work there i mean, i'd, I'd be complaining I'd, I'd be complaining every day they're not hosting any parties or any uh i believe that was a building where they actually had boxing matches back in the yes day. it was i mean yeah. and uh we we talked with uh uh, the gentleman uh, from uh, the Coalition for a Greater Buffalo, Better Buffalo, oh, you know, the, the president, Tim Tillman. We talked to Tim Tillman, and uh, one of his goals, latest goals, is to uh, salvage the Broadway barns. But what I know now is I've seen the, the photographs inside the Broadway barns. I know, because I've heard from people who work there, that a lot of the press conferences are simply a dog and pony show. A lot of those pieces of equipment aren't even functional. They don't even even work they're just there for window dressing well uh, to... mr Thiel, mr tealman has a tall task when it comes to the broadway barns and saving that but uh it hasn't stopped him 
from targeting uh, some worn-torn buildings of Buffalo, and maybe he'd be the one to, to do that. So, Well, uh, hopefully that will uh, happen. So as we look ahead to the weekend, Mr. Andy Parker, meteorologist extraordinaire, uh, what, are we, uh, what are we gazing upon? Well, I'd love to say that we're going to return to that 60s and sunshine that we had, you know, just a week ago where we were kind of basking in that. People went to the football game and felt pretty good about life. But as we look at Saturday, it's going to be a cloudy day, 40 degrees or so, still a bit of a breeze out there. Sunday, a chance of some uh, precipitation, 46, some of that coming down mostly in the form of rain there. Not a lot, but enough that it's going to get wet for the second half of the weekend. And it doesn't look like we're melting any of this time. Looking at the forecast, tomorrow's another cold one at 35 with additional snow showers and just enough to tack on another inch or two, as I mentioned. And then we go into Thursday and it pops to 44 degrees there. Mm. So we don't see a huge warm up, but enough that if you have that ice packed gunk, on yeah. your driveway. If you know what I'm talking about, you've run the snowblower, you've moved the, <laughs> the snow shovel over it, it's, it's adhered to the driveway. You've given up. You can throw the snow melt on it if you want. But all we need is 40s and sun, and that'll, that'll loosen it up, and you'll be able to get that gunk off of the driveway there. Now, gunk is a scientific word, correct? That is in all of the meteorological textbooks that uh, you have studied? Yes, it is. It, it is certainly. Uh, it, it's one of the more graphic ones. There's a, I'm sure folks are call, calling it a number of things today, but that's that's what we'll go with. All right, buddy. Hey, uh, Andy, we will talk. I'm sure many a time over the winter, and it's the first snowfalls that are always the uh, most, uh, shall we say, curious. That it is. It certainly piques people's interest. I'll always say everybody starts in the, in early December. They want the snow. They get concerned if there's no snow. By the time you turn the middle of January, it's old news. And uh, don't, don't even talk to me if it's not at least three inches because an inch doesn't even matter to people by then. Everybody's got it down. But, Tom, thanks. I, I appreciate it. And it's a great topic and uh, uh, worth, uh, worth a visit again. Well, uh, indeed, uh, thank you very much, Andy Parker, meteorologist uh, extraordinaire. And uh, usually, I mean, you know, we're not going to brag about three inches, but I guess uh, in this case, uh, exceptions might be made. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ooh, yeah. Now, Tanner had no way of knowing this, but my buddies in Back to the Bars debuted this song on Saturday night at the Cove. I couldn't believe it. They started doing the Eagles. I'm like, wait a minute. I've seen these guys a million times. I've never I've never heard them do this song. So uh, Tanner and I are like psychically connected. It's a really weird bond that we uh, share. Except I've lost a little bit of respect for Tanner during the last commercial break because it turns out that Tanner is a runner. And he was out in uh, shorts and a T-shirt earlier today running three miles. And if you saw my little tiny legs, you would understand why I've got this thing against running. And also, uh, I believe it was Neil Armstrong, could have been Buzz Aldrin, one of the early astronauts, who said, I'm convinced that in life you have X number of heartbeats. Why waste them with exercise? Makes sense to me. Uh, But anyway, uh, welcome to the show. We have a lot of things we're going to get into today. Thanks again to Andy Parker for uh, joining us. And uh, yeah, don't don't be... uh, Don't be bamboozled by the dog and pony show the city puts on every year about, hey, look at our fleet of plows. Do you have any idea how many of those plows are inoperable? Do you have any idea how many of those plows are in dire need of maintenance? Talk to your friends at the Buffalo Streets Department and ask them, and they're going to tell you what I just told you. But wait a minute, if I say that, I might get criticized by the Buffalo News. Oh, because I, I, was, I was so surprised to find out that David Bellavia and I, we closed the Erie County buildings right after the Rainbow Bridge cl- uh, crash. Apparently, we are the counties. We apparently closed the buildings. We apparently shut down the borders. We apparently briefed President Joe Biden on the chance that it was a terror attack at the Rainbow Bridge. Oh, I was unaware of how much power we had. And by the way, uh, Alan Pergament, numbnuts, uh, just so you know, the same sources, many of them who were instrumental in our coverage of that atrocity at Tops, were the same people giving me information from the law enforcement community of Western New York. And David has better sources than I do. And you know what, Alan Pergament? To belittle the experience of a Medal of Honor winner, when you have, uh, recipient, when you have probably never even fired a gun uh, or been in a life or death situation, take some serious balls. Alan, here's my apology to you. Kiss my ass. There's my apology to you. Because I did the best I could, David did the best I could, and I've got nothing for which to apologize. You, Alan Pergament, you are the one who needs to apologize to your uh, uh, your readers. Uh, the, I'm sorry, the two readers you probably have at this point, because it was Kathy Hochul, Kathy Hochul who told people at the scene to stand down as far as saying anything until she arrived on the scene. So it was a bad day for government. 
and it was sadistic the day before Thanksgiving to keep people locked up in Canada. Do you think Bellavia and Bowerly, do you think we closed down the international border crossings? You have some balls, Alan, some balls, and you should apologize to me. You should apologize to Medal of Honor recipient David Bellavia because I ain't going to apologize for a single damn thing I did during that story because the same precepts I followed for 40 years are the same ones I followed during the Rainbow Bridge story. And I'm sorry, I don't remember the last time a governor of New York flew to anywhere because of a simple double fatal car collision. So don't go telling us that we stoked patterns, uh, stoked panic, just because you don't like Fox News, Alan. And by the way, CBS, the night before the Rainbow Bridge accident, had a story, and you can look it up online if you can still read, uh, about an increased terror threat to New York State. The reporter on that was Kathy Herridge. So, you know, when, when you get a competing media source that is critiquing a competing media source, do you think you're going to get the full story? No, you don't. Nowhere did Pergament mention Kathy Hochul's comments uh, shortly after the fiery crash on the Rainbow Bridge. Nowhere did Pergament mention the fact that the Erie County executive, his ideological socialist buddy Mark Polencars, closed Erie County buildings. Nowhere did Alan Pergament mention the FAA put a halt to international flights from Greater Buffalo Niagara International Airport. And by the way, Alan, it was the FAA, not Bowerly and Bellavia, who restricted the air, the the incoming traffic to the airport and had bomb sniffing dogs outside. So when you when when you make it seem as though oh from the beginning we knew this was a simple car crash, but we decided to stoke fears among people because we're a bunch of right wing ideologues again. Alan, kiss my ass. You know, that, that's all I can tell you. Kiss my ass and, and do, it, do it gently, please. Anyway, it is uh, 2.45 at, uh, well, hey, if I don't defend myself, it's pretty obvious nobody else is going to, so uh, uh, it has to be done uh, at, at whatever the cost. I don't care anymore. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's get into uh, some other stuff here. Speaking of the uh, atrocity uh, that happened at Tops. Uh, I've got an atrocity going on on my computer right now, actually, because I can't seem to find exactly what I was looking for. It vanished into the ether. Yes, it did. Uh, let's try that one again. Uh, anyway, the uh, let, let's talk about the death penalty and the tops shooter. Now, first of all, please understand that uh, we um, have absolutely uh, not – on this program. Now, news is different than we are, but uh, we have absolutely not identified the name of the Tops shooter because why give this moron, cretinous, foul racist any more credit or recognition would be a better word uh, than, than possible. We've been staying away from that on this show because I think he's a no-good bastard. And here, let me give you a real simple short take on the death penalty and the top shooter, if you will allow me. If you, and I keep something in mind too, in the background of all this, the Biden administration put the federal death penalty on hold. Okay, the Biden administration, you know, allies of the Buffalo News, that's printed in Cleveland, by the way, um, they put a kibosh. They put a 
stricture against any and all federal executions, okay? So I don't know what they're going to do with the tops mass murderer. I have no idea what they're going to do with him, but ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen of the talk radio jury, let me just tell you something. I don't like the death penalty. I don't like the death penalty because I know from my studies and my research that people have been wrongly executed. And here in New York State, a very famous case from Buffalo, the Fetters Radiator case, which was back in the 20s and 30s, we almost executed an innocent guy, okay, uh, until finally the real culprit fessed up and said, yeah, I'm the one who did it. You cannot execute this guy. True story, by the way. So I have serious reservations about the death penalty because the death penalty is final. It's irrevocable. Once you kill somebody, they're dead. And there's no getting them back. So I have often said, look, I believe in the death penalty for certain crimes when you can prove guilt beyond any doubt, not a reasonable doubt and to a moral certainty. I'm talking about to absolutely no doubt whatsoever. And with the tops mass murderer, that racist terrorist piece of crap, it's obvious he did it. It's obvious nobody else did it. It is as obvious as the fact that Jack Ruby shot and killed Lee Oswald on the 24th of November of 1963 uh, before a, you know, an American television audience in the tens of millions. Okay? So, um, in the case of the Topps mass murderer, I don't have a problem with the death penalty because my own personal moral criteria have been met. It is established that this little bastard pulled this off to the exclusion of anybody else, not only beyond reasonable doubt, but beyond any doubt and to an absolute moral certainty. And I propose to you, ladies and gentlemen of the talk radio jury, I propose to you that if you're not going to execute the top's mass killer, then nobody should ever get the death penalty. If you are not going to execute somebody who murdered 10 of our neighbors in western New York because they happen to have been born uh, of African-American descent, if you are not going to execute him, then nobody should be executed by the federal government, not Tim McVeigh, who is already dead, not the Boston Marathon bomber, not Ted Kaczynski, who killed himself back over the summertime. If you don't execute this punk, then whom should you execute? If anybody in the history of criminology in America deserves to be executed, it should be the top's mass murderer. And if you're not going to put him to death, then nobody should get to death. Because this little bastard, forgive my French, I apologize, I'm very... um, I I continue to be very upset about the events of of that day. 
which, by the way, I got information on from the same people who are giving me information on the Rainbow Bridge situation, which uh, that article pissed me off, I'm not going to lie, because it was just such a blatant deflection away from the real culprits who did all those things like closing county buildings, closing the borders, yada, yada, yada. We went into that before. Uh, and then you blame Bowerly and Bellavia. Uh, sorry, Mr. Pergament, but David Bellavia has a little more experience with what an IED debris field looks like than you do. I'm just saying, Alan. I'm just saying. He is an expert. You are just a guy who'd rather be writing about sports, but you couldn't make it into sport, as a sports writer. But I digress. Um, again, if I don't defend myself, then who is? And I am sick and tired of being victimized by people online and people at the newspaper saying crap that I know is baloney. People who know me know it's baloney. And you know who else knows it's baloney? The people who gave me the information. They know it's baloney. Sorry. Anyway, uh, where was I? Ah, yes. Uh, Should Alan Pergament be executed? No, that's not the topic. Um, That's that's facetious. Don't take that seriously. Stop it. Um... should the tops mass murderer face the death penalty? And I am asking you, ladies and gentlemen of the talk radio um, audience, to tell me and your fellow audience members if you believe this deserves the death penalty. I can't think of a case more deserving of the death penalty than the tops massacre. It was absolutely, positively domestic terrorism. Absolutely, positively domestic terrorism. And the body count was significantly higher than it was at the Boston Marathon. And it was deliberate. It was planned. Uh, He knew what he was doing was wrong at the time he did it because he told the white guy who got wounded, oh, I'm sorry. Well, that obviously indicates that you knew what you were doing were wrong when you were doing it, not that they tried the uh, insanity defense and the uh, McNaughton rules that we got from the U.K. and kind of adapted them to our own way of uh, jurisprudence. But if the tops shooter is not executed, then nobody should ever be executed in this country again because it was deliberate, it was broadcast online, and... This individual, my personal opinion, and we're not going to name him. We're not going to name this 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 cretinous piece of crap. Uh, then nobody should ever be executed again. It, it's to me, it's it's that cut and dry. It's that simple. And you know my standard. You know my standard as far as the death penalty is concerned. Uh, and it's really simple. Beyond any doubt and to a moral certainty, not just a reasonable doubt. And the reason I would have that kind of a standard for a death penalty case is the punishment is final, there's no appeal, there's no compensation. If they eventually find that you are innocent, it's done, it's over, and you can't bring somebody back to life. You know, whether Mary Surratt was involved as a co-conspirator in felony murder with the assassination of President Lincoln, I don't know. But I do know this much. Even right after she was hanged, they couldn't bring her back to life, revivify her and say, so Mary, guilty or innocent? 
this this individual deserves the death penalty. No ifs, no ands, no buts. And if he doesn't get executed, nobody should ever be executed. Not even Charles Manson, if he were to be brought back to life. Let's go to uh, Charles on WBEN. Hello, Charles. Hi, Tom. Uh, this, I understand what you're saying, but but um, my my position on this is when you have a young person who has has done this, is that studies studies show from 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 this work and in other places in other countries, you you put them in jail for the rest of their life, solitary confinement, and uh, they that's the worst thing you can do for them. I I, I figured let the let the punishment fit the crime. Don't let him let, don't let him be a martyr. He wants to be a martyr. He, he wants to serve a cause. Stick him in solitary confinement and let him give him the rest of his life to think it out. When he hits around 50, I think he's going to he's going to start doing a lot of regrets. And most of the most most of these people in the latter part of their life, they, they turn around. And say, oh, I wish I'd never done this. I still I think I still think maintain that's a better, better uh, uh, punishment. I, I would be delighted to entertain more of your thoughts on this. Um, if you would care to hang on through the news break, I hope you do. I'll put you on hold. Um, I, I've heard the argument before. I've heard the argument before. But then if you accept that argument, then you have to ban the death penalty in the United States because if ever you're going to put anybody to death, uh, you got to put the top's mass murderer to death otherwise just do away with the death penalty and, and keep it done away with. And it, it makes me sick to even say that because, I mean, like many of you, I've seen the video of what he did. And that young lady walking into the store never knew what hit her. And that, uh, and when he walked in and he did what he did to somebody who was already prone on the floor just it, it makes me so sick it nauseates me it's like uh, it, it's like a human monster and what do you do with a human monster to me you dispose of them why should taxpayers be on the hook for this uh, individual's care feeding medical treatment etc when it's just as it's just as easy to put a needle in his arm and send him on his way to uh, to heaven where he can meet a black god and explain to uh, black Jesus why he did what he did. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.